Hey, welcome to the Healing She Got Faith show. I am Lily. I am the founder of Healing She Got Faith, and I am the host of the Healing She Got Faith talk show. Healing She Got Faith is an organization that was created for adults who are dealing with grief and or on their self-love journey. During this talk show, we talk about grief, healing, self-love, but overall, we are encouraging you to love you the way you love the world okay so we thank you all for tuning in hey welcome to healing she got faith talk show this is lily and happy monday welcome to episode 70 wow 70 episodes today we will be talking about grief and mental health so welcome 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 i'm extremely excited to have you all here i'm surprised i made it 70 episodes i ain't gonna lie to you i feel like a lot of times i give up on myself and so to be here 70 episodes let me tell y'all like there's some weeks where i literally have zero few views or i have one or two views and i can tell you it was me that was listening because i do listen to my my episodes i listen to them on apple Podcasts, spotify and sometimes audible or amazon music so i at least always have three two to three views and so sometimes i know that's just me who listens to them so yeah anyways um yeah 70 episodes and we are talking about grief it's still mental health month and I'm excited to talk about this today. Uh, had a couple revelations and things of that nature. So I'm excited. Yeah. So thank you. Welcome. You know, if you're new here, hey guys, you'll get to know me if you are a continuing listener. You guys already know how I am. Welcome back. It's because of you all that I'm here. You know, not those episodes that only have like two views, but the other ones. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, so let's go ahead and jump into our check-in. So, our check-in, how am I feeling right now? You know, I was feeling really, really good. I was feeling, like, extremely good. It's Monday. I was happy. And then I kind of went through some motions this morning, um, just doing some business stuff, my regular routine, dealing with the dogs, taking a shower. And I got really emotional. I got really, really emotional. And I think like, man, grief, mental health, like dealing with those type of things. I think part of the emotions is like, I've kind of been battling, battling with myself to, you know, go back to a traditional job, but also too, like I had somebody come and look at the building this morning to about running out and then just had a couple of different conversations and I got really really emotional just thinking about like my parents and so I was playing some songs I don't even know what genre it was it was it's not a genre that I typically listen to but one of the songs came on and it triggered a memory that I had with my dad so my dad used to take my my brother and I and my oldest nephew we used to go to these local bands and we used to go to these local um concerts i guess through local bands and so the song came on and, it, and i just remembered i think that was one of the last concerts i had went to with him and this lady was singing that song and i remember my dad dancing and i don't know it just made me really emotional and 
just thinking about that. And then, like, I have an aunt. She's been really sick lately. And so I'm trying to make the best. Because sometimes I could just be so negative. And I'm going to explain to y'all why I could be negative. And we all talk about this in the show, too. She's blind. So she can't text or do much of anything. So she has to be on the phone. I am not a phone person. I sacrifice being on the phone with her. When I say sacrifice, because I don't talk on the phone to anybody. I'm definitely a texter. I'm definitely an in-person person. But I haven't had the money to go to New York and spend time with her. Also, too, she's not healthy enough to travel to come to St. Louis. So there's an emotional battle that's going on because I really wanted to be down in New York for her birthday, which would be on Sunday. And I really wanted to, like, make that trip and surprise her. But I, I honestly, I just don't have the money to do it. I'm in a really, really dry season financially. Business has been slow. I can't get hired anywhere. I've been on so many interviews. I have put out so many resumes. Like, I've just been doing a lot. And I'm just not seeing the fruits of my labor. And so, like, I'm just, I've just accepted it. Like, I'm just in a really dry season right now. And so, but when we're on the phone, like, sometimes I could just be so irritable because, again, being on the phone is not my thing. Like, I just I just don't do it. So, like, sometimes it's hard to talk to her because of her health. So, like, she can't talk as long as she used to. There's a lot of coughing. And then, like, sometimes because she's older, she lives by herself, you know, she has a lot of things that she's dealing with in life. Sometimes, like, I'm talking to her and you can tell she can't understand me or can't hear me or she's not paying attention. So, instead of saying that, she'll just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that annoys me so bad, y'all. Like, I just be like, just tell me you don't want to hear me talk. Like, but then also, too, on the flip side, like, I'll be quiet. And she'll be like, well, you're not talking. And then when I do, it just sounds so negative. And I just, I just don't like that. And, you know, and so I'm, I'm in this internal battle with myself because I do want to talk to her. And I do want a relationship with her. And I do want to make it stronger. But I have to work on my ir- irritability. And part of that is, again, I'm not a phone person. Never have been, never will be. I don't like talking on the phone. But also, too, like, it has to be prioritized to talk to her. And so, like, instead of having a routine that I would like to have, I haven't quite figured out. Also, too, I want to start um, getting stories from her and just documenting some of our conversations um, for the future and for some projects I want to do. But, again, it's just been so hard. And so just thinking about her... Also, too, just thinking about my siblings, like, I feel like we all just kind of took a, a a quiet break from each other. Like, I know for me, like, life just really been beating my ass. Like, I just, I'm really having a hard time focusing on anything else besides me because I'm in such a distraught position. But, like, I don't, I can't talk to them. Because there isn't much understanding and it's always like, if I tell them something's wrong with me, they want to fix it and I'm not asking them to fix it. I just, I really just want them to listen and just, you know, love me, maybe give me a hug, buy me a milkshake, you know, something like that. Um, I don't know why it's saying the internet is not working when it's right behind me. Anyways, um, (laughs) it's why I need a team, y'all. Oh my God. Okay. So, you know, but also, too, like, they just have a lot going on. I know they have a lot going on, and I I just, I don't know. I just, I just don't want to be the sad sibling, and I really feel like that's where I'm at right now. So I'm just thinking a lot about just relationships and things and just 
it got me emotional. So I was, you know, I woke up on Monday, was doing a good job. Um, my period came on Thursday, and I swear, like, this was the worst period I've had in such a long time. Like, it came on Thursday after I worked out, and I was out for the count on Thursday. And then Friday, I was really out for the count. I was in bed all day. And then that led to Saturday. I missed um, my workout on Saturday, and then I don't work out on Sundays. So uh, that's pretty much what Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days without working out. So I don't know. It was just I was happy to be up. I got here on time, did my workout, did a great job. You know, so I did that. Um, And it was good, you know, but I just felt like, I don't know. It just, I got overwhelmed with emotions out of nowhere. And I think that's important to talk about. Like, sometimes you can have a really good day. Sometimes things trigger you. Sometimes you don't actually know why you feel the way you feel. You just kind of do feel that way. You just got to acknowledge it. So, like, that's where I'm at right now. Like, I have a lot on my mind. I'm motivated. There's a couple things I want to do. I'm actually running behind today, like, it is almost one o'clock, and usually I either have these podcasts done on Fridays or I do them early morning on Mondays, but I'm just running behind. And so I think that's another thing, too. Like, I kind of I think my nervous system is anxious, and so that plays a part in, you know, how you're, you know, how you function. And so, you know, maybe because I'm rushing, I'm emotional. Um, but yeah, so that is my check in. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not going to do an icebreaker. I just, I, I'm not feeling it. I'm short on time. So I'm just not going to do an icebreaker today. But let's go ahead and jump right into the topic. So. And now you are entering into the main course meal of the episode, which is the topic. So you can always find the topics either in the show notes or on the calendar or on social media. But this is the portion where we literally break down the topic and just have a real life discussion of life. So enjoy the episode. I hope you take something good from it. Always remember to love you the way you love the world. The topic is grief and mental health. And so what I wanted to talk to y'all about today was how do I take care of my mental health? So let me say, let me start off by telling y'all a story from last week. So last week I was hosting one of my grief groups. I, I host one of them every Wednesday night. And this grief group has been in the grief group for maybe about, I'm going to say two years, but I think it's just a year actually. But still, that's a really long time. It's been about a year since they've been gone. So that's actually a closed grief group. And what that means is I close it so no one else can join but the people who've been in there because they've just been consistent. The rapport has been phenomenal. And so I don't want to ruin that. And they're really consistent. Like this grief group, they never miss a day like or a week, I should say. They're always like they 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 just show up. So I I do um I close the group for them. So anyways, so like I said, I think they've been with me for about a year now. And so on Wednesday, they actually got to see a very vulnerable side of me, which I was telling them the story of the day my siblings and I had to like pretty much give my mom the okay that she can transition from this earth. I haven't ever really been vocal about that story because that's one story that 
it doesn't matter how many times I heal, cry, address it, whatever. That is the story that will always, 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 always make me cry. And so, and that's like literally my mom was in her deathbed and I don't want to go into details because I don't want to cry on the podcast. Got to come to the group group to see that. Link in the bio. <laughs> um, but she was laying on her deathbed. The doctor was pretty much like, do y'all want to res- resuscitate or not? We had to make the decision. Are we going to put a plug or not? And before we could make the decision to pull the plug, her heart rate stopped. And so with that, we just was kind of telling her like, hey, mom, it's okay. You raised some great kids. We'll be okay. So when I go through that story in detail and not trying to rush through it, I always cry. Like, because that was one of the last moments. It was a lot of emotion, a lot of things going on. And it it's such a weird feeling when you're the child on the opposite end, like, your parents have brought you into this world and now you're watching them leave this world and just the circumstances of everything, right? So we were talking about that and I busted out crying. I mean, like boo-hooing, snot, I was loud, like I was just crying. And one of the members in there was, you know, she she did ask me about it because she had went through a similar situation where she had to pretty much tell her mom the same thing and so I was telling her about that or whatever and so the whole grief group and one of the grief members was like thanks for being vulnerable and showing that because I don't think we've ever actually seen that side of you we've never actually heard that story from you even though I wrote the story in my first book but it's different when I'm telling it versus like you reading it right so um that brought out a new side of our rapport and that brought out something because a lot of times people don't really realize what I went through as far as the death of my parents. People don't really realize my life and everything I've been through and all and all of that good stuff or whatever. So when people hear and they hear my vulnerability, it gives them a new perspective. And then again, people are like, well, how do you like make it through it? Like, how do you function? And I'm going to be honest with y'all. It's boundaries. It's allowing yourself to feel. People always ask, like, how can you joke about your parents being dead? I can joke about my parents being dead because I've sat in agonizing pain. I've sat in pain to really feel it. I did not suppress my emotions and feelings. Like, at first I did, and, and, it, and it took... I, let me tell y'all. I had to give myself permission to grieve. I had to give myself permission to feel what I feel. I had to give myself permission to hurt. The minute I gave myself permission, my body took a transformation. Because I learned the body knows what to do, Okay. The body knows. It's our mind that tells the body yes or no. But our body functions and it knows how to function, which is incredible if you think about it. But if you really sit down and think about it, like like we don't tell our organs what to do. Like they just do it. We don't tell our heart what to do. We just do it. It's our job just to be healthy enough so that everything keeps functioning together. Cool. So... The grief group was like, how do you go on about this? How do you, you know, keep in, in, how do you hold yourself together to the point where the only time you're really crying is when you're telling the story? And again, it's boundaries because I've sat 
I've sat in my pain. I've sat in my tears. I've allowed myself to feel when I am crying or when my body needs to cry, I just allow it to release. I don't hold it in. I let I let it out. That is such a big part of my mental health because it helps me to not fall into a depressive episode because I've allowed that. A lot of people will say, oh, I get tired of crying and I don't want to feel. You are you are neglecting yourself of its natural human beingness, okay? You were created to cry. You were created to feel. When you say you do not want to feel, you do not want to heal. Point blank, period. When you suppress your emotions from being shown, you do not want to heal. We do not live in the 1950s where you could not cry. Okay? I wouldn't, I would never make it in that era because they say crying is unprofessional. Well, I ain't gonna have no job because what? You tell me I can't cry? Well, okay, whatever. Anyways, that's a different subject. So, sitting in agonizing pain, sitting, allowing my body to do what it does best, allowing the emotions and feelings to flow through my body. Some typical stuff, your, um, what's it called, cliche stuff that I do, I write, working out. Plants have been a really big thing. So, right now I have three plants. I have two, two in my building. One at home, but I also have a rose bush at house. And today, right before I came in to record, I found a rose bush outside of my building. So I got some roses, which I just love. Like I just love going outside and being with them. I love like my I have a plant in here called Grace that she was dying and someone taught me how to revive her. So like being able to revive my plant, that did something to me because it was like it was like the Phoenix, y'all. Y'all know the story of the Phoenix. Um the Phoenix grows and then um turns into ashes and is reborn like i felt like i gave grace that opportunity but i also have a phoenix tatted on my right arm if you can see the oh yeah i can't see because i got this background up i'll show it to y'all on tiktok um <laughs> but i have a phoenix i love the story of the phoenix my very first therapist called me a phoenix told me the story of phoenix and i've been addicted ever since so i love that um what else um sleeping and resting let's talk about sleeping and resting and how it affects your mental health and your grief so yes if you sleep too much that can be a sign of depression if you don't sleep enough that can be a sign of depression absolutely there can also be a sign of some type of other mental illness depression is not the only mental illness okay so if you don't remember from a couple episodes ago mental illness is defined as the actual diagnosis that you have of, of your mental health so um mental health is the overall will is the psychological and emotional well-being of a person mental health awareness is bringing attention to all things mental health and in the mental health illness is the actual diagnosis of an illness you may have of a mental illness you may have okay so depression would be a mental health illness. That is not the only mental health illness. That's just a pretty popular one. So when you think about mental health illness, we're thinking about ADHD. We're thinking about anxiety. We're thinking about depression. We're thinking about multi-personality disorder, bipolar, schizophrenia. Those are just uh, a couple popular ones that people know because of movies and societies and things of that nature. But there's actually a whole book, the DSM. Um... <laughs> So I talked about it in a couple episodes ago, 
might be last episode, maybe episode 69. Yeah, episode 69, I talked, I talked about it. So you guys can go back and listen to that and I break that down. So let's talk about sleeping and resting and mental health. We need to rest. We need to rest. Our body requires rest. That whole I'll sleep when I die mentality, that's dead. Because you cannot function the way you need to function when you do not have a well-rested body. So some of us are struggling with depression, anxiety, simply because we do not have sleep. I know a couple of people who actually got sleep apnea from being sleep deprived. We don't think about stuff like that. Your body, just like your body needs water and air, your body needs rest and sleep. So having an actual restful sleep night is very important. Some of the best things you can do to break a general a generational curse is to simply sit down and rest. Some of the best things you can do when it comes to self-care is allow yourself to sleep. Sleep all day if you have to. It does become a problem if it's persistent every day, you're sleeping throughout the day, 12 to 14 hours. If it's consistent like every single day, then that might be an actual diagnosis. But for most of us, we have the opposite. We are doing 10,000 things a day. We never get to rest. We don't have time to do anything else. And so we're lacking rest. Like those of us who work 10 to 12 hour shifts, like we're killing our body. And so we do need a recovery day. Just like when you're working out, like if you are a workout head, you need recovery days because your body goes through changes. Your body goes through intense, um, I don't know, routines, I guess. And so we need recovery days. But we need recovery days in life, okay? When you're working five to six days a week, you need at least one to two days to recover. Y'all ever been on vacation and you was on vacation for like 10 days, but you was doing so much that when you come back, like you need a vacation for the vacation? That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true because when you're doing all this one around, your anxiety, your, um, your anxiety, I mean, I guess you can't be anxiety, um, anxious. Um, your adrenaline, all of that, like all of that affects the body. So we really need to allow ourselves to rest. You need to create a nighttime routine to where you can sleep better. You need to create a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly routine where you are prioritizing rest. Stop only getting three to four hours a night. You are not 16 anymore. You cannot do that no more. You need your eight to 10 hours of sleep. There are studies coming out that are saying women, especially, we need 10 to 12 hours of sleep. I, because I wake, I now wake up at 5 a.m. to be at workout at 6 a.m. So I have to be in bed between eight and nine. I don't care that people call me granny. I don't care that people laugh at me that I have a bad time. Like I was just texting my best friend this morning. I was like, so we're getting back on our best friend dates and so we were talking I said well do you want to meet on Monday and Thursdays if we meet on Thursdays I don't have as early bedtime as I would on Monday Monday I have to be home by 7 30 because I'm doing my nighttime routine between 8 9 by 9 30 I'm in bed I mean not by 9 30 I'm asleep so between 8 and 9 I'm really finishing up my nighttime routines to lay down but on Thursdays because I don't have to be up at 6 a.m um 
I can sleep in a little bit so I can stay up a little bit later. You have to set those boundaries. Setting those boundaries is going to help me rest. That's also including screen time. That's also including things that bother your spirit, things that bother your nervous system. One thing I've learned is when my nervous system is calm, I have a better day. So if I'm not waking up 15 minutes before I need to be somewhere, I'm actually giving myself ample time, which is why it's important to go to bed on time. So I can wake up at five something so I can shower, drink my water, take my dogs out, do what I need to do, and then still be on time to my workout. And I work out like let me let me just say this. I'm not perfect at it. It doesn't happen all the time. Like there's definitely days where my friend is calling me like, hey, I'm on my way. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I just opened my eyes. And so I am having to rush. But also, too, I'm not waking up five minutes before I have to be where I have to be. But like, for example, on Saturday, Saturday and Saturday is a later workout time. So usually where we work out at 6 a.m. on Saturdays, we work out at 745. Um, I could not wake up on Saturday. And I text her probably at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock and was like, hey, I overslept. I could not wake up. It is what it is. Like my body just needed. She said it. She said your body needed that rest. So allow yourself to rest. Allow yourself to sleep. Prioritize that so you can have a better healing body. Um, not answering the phone. I kind of talked about this. So one of my biggest things is that like a lot of times when people call me, they want to talk and they want to answer. I mean, they want me to answer and. I just don't have the mental capacity to talk on the phone. And I'm be completely honest because a lot of times just because my calendar is free doesn't mean I'm free. And I get it. Like talking on the phone is it's helpful for some people. It's not helpful for me. And so when I don't want to answer the phone, I don't. I don't have to. And I, and I think that's important for everybody else in the world. So you're like, you do not have to answer your phone. I mean, if you got kids and a husband and they call or a spouse, I should say, and they call, and it's an emergency, cool. But even at night, like, I like I had a friend last week. I was telling her, like, after 7.30, I don't really do too much, and then I'm in bed between 8 and 9. She called me at 10.25, and when I woke up at 5 the next morning, I texted her, like, hey, good morning. Did you mean to call me? And she was like, yeah, I wanted to talk. And I was like, but I just told you that um, I go to bed at 8 or 9. And so she was like, oh, so you were serious. Why is my life a joke? <laughs> why don't y'all? And, and I had to realize it's because y'all don't take yourself seriously. So why would you take me seriously? Because what I what I am doing sounds absolutely nuts to people who do not take care of themselves. Why would you go to bed at nine o'clock? You have so much stuff to do. I don't care. Lisa, Inez, Nolan, aka Lily, does not care. If it's not done by the time my power hours are done, it just ain't getting done. This is what it is. I am no longer stressing about things that I cannot control. And so, like, I, I had reiterated, like, I keep telling my friends, I am not the friend to call at night in an emergency. I am not going to answer. And I am just being completely honest. I am really not going to answer. That is not a joke. That is not me being funny. That is not anything of that nature. Like, I am not going to answer <laughs> i'm just not um but i think we have to set those boundaries like if you're always on the phone i just want you to know you are limiting so much focus that you could have on whatever your craft is if you are a writer but you're always on the phone you're ruining your talent 
if you are a construction worker and you're on the phone, if you're driving and you're on the phone, focus on the road. Stop talking on the phone. Like, and I know they have made it easy for us. We got the Bluetooth. We got all type of tools we can use. But yeah, give yourself that break. Give yourself permission to break. It will be okay. I promise you it will. It will be okay. You do not have to be on the phone at all times. Just because someone calls you does not mean you have to answer right away. You can even send them a text. Hey, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Matter of fact, on Friday, I told somebody I was going to call them. She texted me. She said, don't forget to call me today. I texted her back. I was like, I said, girl, my period came. I've been in bed. I can't call you. It's just it is what it is. I can't do it. Stop feeling pressured to do something you don't have the energy to do. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. Limit your time. Give yourself the priority of yourself. Um, don't always be busy. Stop making yourself busy. You do not have to have a day full of events to be important. Stop being busy. Sometimes being busy is a flat out burden and it's unhealthy. A lot of us become busy because it's our coping mechanism. Stop. Stop. When you look at your calendar, just because it's empty doesn't mean you have nothing to do. So I'm like that, right? So I look at my calendar mostly for appointments or meetups or dates or stuff like that. But if I have a day, like, for example, tomorrow, technically on my calendar, the only thing that's on my calendar is workouts. But it doesn't mean I don't have nothing to do. That's the time I need to focus on myself, to focus on my business, to do things I haven't been able to do, to promote things that I need to do. So it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm free. It doesn't mean that you can come over and waste my time. It means I need to be proactive in walking my dogs, writing, doing projects that I've been putting off. Doing something that benefits me instead of trying to go all around St. Louis, trying to meet up people and catch up. First of all, I don't have the money to do it. Secondly, I'm not investing in myself when I continue when I continue to do that. We have to start prioritizing ourselves. It's going to create a better mental health for us. It's going to just stop being scared to sit with yourself. It's okay to sit with yourself. It's okay to be alone. It's okay to not have nothing to do. It's okay to not have a full calendar. Give yourself that grace. If you have time to take a nap, my God, take a nap. If you have time to go outside and do yoga in the park, please go do it. If you have time to sit here and go get you ice cream cone, please enjoy it. Please. What else? Um, my mental health currently. Man, it it's up and down. Like I just said, it. it the intro is up and down. Like, I feel overall in a holistic sense, I'm doing well. But days like today, I'm just emotional. I'm sad. I'm down. I'm trying to figure out life. Like, why do I want to cry today? Like, why? But guess what? I'm going to let myself cry. I'm going to let myself feel that pain because it's the only way I'm going to get through it. There are times when you want to talk to people and they cannot understand you because they're not going through it. They don't want to. They haven't healed yet. And when you start taking your health seriously, inviting people into that journey is going to be hard because some people just really don't want to feel. And there's nothing you could do about that. The only thing you could do is to protect yourself and to allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to take care of your mental health. 
I am currently fighting to stay afloat, y'all. Like, I'm telling you, business is okay, but it's not the best. And I need money now, okay? We can all use money, but I need money. I need clients. I need y'all to be booking. I need y'all to come, you know, support local mental health businesses. I need y'all to do that. And not just me. It's ever since COVID, local and small businesses have been affected, okay? And... And what that means about me trying to stay in flow, I have to be very intentional with myself. I have to allow myself that time. I have to prioritize my holistic health. I have to prioritize anything that I enjoy, okay? It has to be there. Because when it's not, that's when depression and anxiety starts to kick in. I have to cater to myself. I have to address myself. I have to be honest. I have to give myself grace. Man, it was yesterday, Instagram shut down worldwide, and I made a post on Facebook, and I said, baby, I would never, never stress myself out again, because I guarantee you, Instagram is not worried about us not coming back onto the platform once it's back up and running. Instagram is not worried about us not using it, okay? So, when I'm in a bad season, I have to stop, breathe, and allow myself to have that bad season and learn and grow from it and address it. Versus tripping about, I ain't got no business, I ain't got no money, I ain't got no clients, I ain't got blah, 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 blah. But really sit and embrace it. It upsets me, yes, so be upset, but also too, let's learn. What can I do in this season, in this moment to prepare for when everything I've worked for and prayed for comes to life? It might look bad, but it doesn't mean it's always going to be bad. I was at a mental health event on Saturday. I was speaking, and I had somebody come up to me said that um, she had lost her her partner of 26 years. And she told me flat out, she's like, I'm suicidal right, right now. You know, that's why I'm at this mental health. I struggle. I'm seeing my therapist every, uh, I think she said every other day or something like that. Her friend told her to come up here, so a bunch of resources here, all type of stuff. And she just was like, I want to cry. And I was like, let it out. Let it out crying. She was like, I want to. I just want to cry. She's like, she's like, I've struggled with being here on earth. And and you have to be able to be honest with yourself in that. You have to be in a safe environment. One of the key things to a great mental health is being safe enough to feel how you feel, which is why I created Healing She Got Faith. I create a safe space for you to feel how you feel. I have a friend who works in the building with me. She is solution-based, and I love her for it. And we work well together because she's solution-based, and I'm very, very empathetic. I will allow you to be how, who you are and be – and be. I will allow you to sit and be in your space. And when you're healed enough, then I'll send you to her, and she's solution-based. But sometimes she gets people who come to her because of her personality, because of how her great worth ethic, but she, but she can't necessarily support them because – they not ready for it. And even with me, when I first met her, I was like, I'm going to cry so much working with you because I saw that. I saw that she was very solution-based. She was very, very much, um, well, let's figure out what the problem is. Whereas I create a safe space for you to be able to do and feel what you do and meet you where you're at. Everybody can't do that. It's hard. It's tough. It's heavy. Everybody don't always want to be around it. And yes, I created the space, but even for me, sometimes that's hot, heavy. Like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with some of the stuff. But this is a safe space for you to do that, to be that. If you got to come 
here and cry, if you got to come here and let loose, if you got to come here and break something, if you got to come here and sit with your loved one, if you got to come here and write, scream, cuss, whatever it is that you have to do, I create this space for you. I have my bad days. There's been times in grief group where I would literally have to tell y'all I don't have nothing to give y'all. I'm so upset and hurt right now. I have nothing to give. And guess what? Because of the training they've been through with me, they've allowed me that space. Because I can't be a hypocrite and tell you this is safe and then I'm not even safe. And so part a key part to a healthy mental health is having a safe space, which is your environment, which is your people around you, which is everything that's around you. Being safe enough to feel how you feel. If you are grieving, being safe enough to cry. If you do feel suicidal, being safe enough to say, this is how I feel. If you are seeking help because you do have a plan, being safe enough to say, I can talk to a professional mental health, a mental health professional and discuss everything I'm feeling. If you have some type of mental health illness, being safe enough to address it. It's not easy, and I can tell you that. It's not easy whatsoever, but that's why I create this safe space for us to be honest and to be able to be ourselves. The last thing I have on here is crying. I think so many of us hate crying. I remember I dated a guy, and I've told this story before on this podcast, but I remember I dated a guy who he was severely depressed. I mean, he was probably one of those, I, I forgot what the technical diagnosis is but it was like a certified narcissist to like the 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 one that's in the book not like your instagram narcissist but like the one that's straight in the dsm okay um and i remember he had lost his father and i was with him when he lost his father and he wanted to cry and i was like babe cry let it out he was like he was so mad at me he was like What's a wet face going to do? I'm going to do all this crying only to have a wet face. And I'm like, well, that's why you crazy. Like, <laughs> I know y'all probably like, this is so unprofessional. Why would she call that man? But for real, for real, like being in a relationship with somebody like that, it, it hurt me because he was taking so much energy from me. Y'all know that Carrie Hudson song? This love is taking all of my energy. My energy. Yeah, that song, that's how I felt like. He was sucking the life out of me because he was so miserable in who he was as a person. All he had to do was cry and address it like he was really upset that his father died, as he should be. But he didn't feel safe enough anywhere in his life to really allow that (coughs) to show or be known or anything of that nature. So, you know, I think with crying you know we do have to become comfortable crying i know like sometimes crying hurts it's annoying you know sometimes you cry at the weirdest times but yeah it it is what it is allow your body to cry if you feel that little lump in your throat just cry if you gotta go to the bathroom i mean i've i've cried in some really really awkward situations like i used to be at this practicum and for my master's and i remember like one day i was on my period so my oh i was coming on my period so my hormones were at, at a 10 and a lady was talking to me and she said something that triggered me and I cried and I walked away. I went in the closet. I cried a couple weeks later. She said something like, well, I don't want to say nothing to you. Cause I feel like I'm always going to make you cry. And I was just like, I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm a crier. 
I'm a crier. This is this is what it is. You you can't you might not cry. That's on you. But if you working with a choir, you working with a choir. That's just this is what it is. I mean, and again, you don't have to deal with it. I think that's part of boundaries, but also too like I'm not gonna change who I am because you're uncomfortable. And I think when we're talking about grief, I I, I say that too. Like if I'm sad because of whatever reason, I'm not gonna not be sad because you're uncomfortable. Because you would never, you you would never change your ways for me. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Again, you have to create these safe spaces. And yeah, I I guess there's a time. I've never followed a time and place, baby. You gonna get what I give you. That's just how I am. You just gonna get what I give you. Whatever I give you is what you get. Um, this is who I am. Um, yeah, I can't. I can no longer sacrifice my personal issues for anybody else. Because that has done nothing but trigger depression. That has done nothing but hurt me more than it should have. So, yeah, you're going to get what I give you. And that's that. So, that was episode 70, Grief and Mental Health. <laughs> um, Y'all, I really do love y'all. I really do want us to create a space of safeness and i want us to take our mental health and our grief so much more seriously than what we have been doing i think a lot of us are dealing with some type of hurt and trauma and sadness that we just need to address but we can't adjust it if we don't talk about it if we don't adjust it if we're not honest with ourselves okay i love you all but i want you to love you the way you love the world and i'm gonna see y'all next monday bye y'all All right, so you are now about to hear our affirmation. I want to give you an affirmation to carry for the week. So from Monday to Monday, you at least have an affirmation that you are repeating to yourself every day. She got faith. Listen, we want to give you affirmation to get through the week. So enjoy. Welcome to your affirmation for the week, which today's affirmation is I release any resentment or anger from my body and I will allow myself to receive the adequate sleep and rest it needs. I give myself permission to feel in order to heal. As we talked about today, getting the rest and sleep that you need is one of the best ways to combat generational curses, to break them, to really create a better habit than what you have seen in your family. While resentment and anger aren't necessarily bad, we do hold a lot of tension in our body when we are resenting something or we are anger. Anger is a natural emotion that we all have. And the key is to allow yourself to feel that, but also to address it and to heal from it. Because sometimes when we don't address it, it goes into our body. That's where we get locked knees. That's where we get high blood sugars. That's when our stomach is always in knots. So it's very important to release it. So not to neglect it or not to ignore it, but to release it. And one of the ways to release it is to address it and admit, hey, I am angry right now and do what you have to do to work that so your affirmation for the next week is i release any resentment or anger from my body now allow myself to receive the adequate sleep and rest it needs i give myself permission to feel in order to heal i love you guys but remember to love you the way you love the world i'll see you next week
All right, we have came to the end of our show. I really appreciate you for listening and sticking with us and coming every Monday at 3 p.m. Central to hang out with us. I appreciate you guys. I can't thank you enough to my listeners, followers, everybody, friends, family who loves and believes in everything that I'm doing. I really, really thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you, but I always want you to remember to love you the way you love the world. And I'll catch you next Monday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.